What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. A new way of funding efforts to combat homelessness gets closer to reality. You've got tips and tricks for airport pickup, and we've got thoughts on the best Chicago rapper of all time. Lead producer Simone Alisei is here with me to catch us up. It's Tuesday, August 1st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Good morning, lead producer. How you feeling today? I am well. How are you? I am feeling good, and I'm not complaining. Uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson has some huge campaign promises to live up to, and one of the biggest is his Bring Chicago Home platform. It's a grassroots movement of Chicagoans committed to creating a dedicated revenue stream to combat homelessness in Chicago. Ultimately, they want to find more money to put into programs, uh, into assistance for for mortgages, for rental assistance. Uh, But Simone, as our go-to numbers person, can you break down exactly how Bring Chicago Home would work? Right. So the Bring Chicago Home is a, as you said, it's a revenue stream. So what does that mean? It's a new tax. Um, Specifically, it would raise the real estate transfer tax, which is a tax that's paid when property is sold. So, uh, and specifically, it wants to raise this tax on properties that are over a million dollars. So this is high-end property. This is, uh, you know, supporters sometimes refer to it as the mansion tax. The exact numbers get a little bit weedy, but uh, it works out to be about uh, a little over $13 for every $500 is sort of what mm-hmm. is the current proposal. But that, you know, those numbers are, could, at this point, could, could very much change uh, because of kind of what is happening uh, right now with this proposal. Yeah, I I think I saw one of the the pieces we were reading that as of right now, if you get a property for like two hundred and fifty thousand, you owe the city something like eighteen hundred bucks. But this could this tax increase for those properties over a million dollars. And again, even though it says mansion, this is for commercial properties as well. Um, that could essentially triple the the sort of tax burden for those properties. It, I mean, let's be clear. When we're talking about million dollar properties, we're not talking about things you and I can afford. I think this would only impact something like 4.2% of Chicagoans. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot um, sort of made her own attempt at creating a tax increase for Chicago's real estate transfer tax. Some of that increased revenue went to homelessness, but most of it went to just you know, filling budget shortfalls at the uh, the time, bringing more money. And she argued that, you know, under the proposals from the Bring Chicago Home Coalition, she argued it was essentially a property tax increase and opposed it. Yeah. And, and I mean, so this is what's sort of new right now is right now we have this new mayor 
And uh, famously, last November, there was supposed to be a, a, a hearing on Bring Chicago Home on this real estate transfer tax. But the hearing never happened because mayoral allies and city council didn't show up. They couldn't reach a quorum. Yep. And so the meeting didn't happen. And the proposal was essentially dead. Now, uh, just last week, there has been a three-hour subject matter hearing where uh, you know, proponents of this, supporters of Mayor Johnson have said, this is going to happen now. We we have the votes like, you know, we Johnson was elected and he campaigned on this platform. I think one older person said, like, this is essentially decided in 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 April, you know, when Johnson won the election. Um, and now it sort of gets to procedurally what happens next is, uh, you know, city council will have to make some kind of approval. But what they're what they're voting on is basically to send this idea to voters in the March presidential primary. That would be the goal. Either voters have to approve it, city, you know, a majority of Chicago voters, or we have to go through the state legislature to do it and get lawmakers to change the rules so that that we could enact this tax, which is something that Johnson's transition committee has actually recommended. But it seems like city council is really hoping, um, or at least the proponents of this in city council are hoping that they can get it before voters uh, in March of 2024. There's obviously a ton of momentum as Johnson and his allies are moving this, but a lot of the urgency is coming from things we've talked about a ton on this show already, right? To Mayor Lightfoot's credit, a record amount of money was spent on uh, homelessness efforts last year uh, or in their last budget, but a lot of that came from COVID-19 relief dollars, from those federal uh, billions of dollars of federal aid that came to the city that got used. But that money is drying up, so we need to find new revenue sources because we're looking at over 65,000 Chicagoans experiencing homelessness. We're looking at nearly 18,000 Chicago public school students experiencing uh, homelessness throughout the year. We're talking about thousands of migrants who are in the middle of an affordable housing crisis in this city. We're talking about, uh, you know, a Chicago housing authority that hasn't replaced thousands of public housing units and affordable housing units. And so Chicago is only facing more and more pressure to find ways to get people with uh, effective, sustainable housing in this city. Uh, it's also worth noting, too, Jacoby, you mentioned that 65,000 estimate number. That's an estimate from uh, groups, uh, grassroots groups, for the most part, working in Chicago. Um, and it might be different. Some other listeners might be seeing a number that's like more like 5,000 or 6,000, which is a number that comes from uh, the housing and urban development um, and has to do with the different ways that people define homelessness. Like, you know, do you count someone as homeless if they're couch surfing, for example? Yes. Basically, what city officials have said is the current revenue we have, not only is it not enough, it's not flexible enough to do the things that we need to do to house people right now when it's so urgent. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be curious to see if this city council, this new city council, this new mayor uh, can actually uh, bring this bring this forward in a way that that did not happen in, in November. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. 
I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. We're midway through the summer at this point, and I think one thing that has probably connected a ton of Chicagoans is making that trek, whether to Midway or to O'Hare. And in our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, we polled readers asking who they would brave traffic for to pick them up from the airport. Simone, what did readers say? Our readers are so generous. Jacoby, um, about about a third of readers said that they would get literally anyone who asked. Anyone who asked them, they would pick them up from, from the airport, uh, which is so I just so generous. Um, They're so better half, than me. I know, I know. About half said that they would go for blood family or their best friend um, or folks who maybe have mobility issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, that can't be walking to the CTA. Um, and then just a few people, really like j- just a few said – they either weren't picking up anybody, they weren't having it, or they have that car-free life. And uh, they, they don't get asked to pick people up from the airport, which is your situation, right? You don't, right. You don't have to deal that's, with that. That's my situation. I honestly, uh, thank you to all of the people who reached out and responded. I like to think, though, because this is how I look at every survey. The people who respond are the ones likely to <laughs> respond in positive because they're good people. They, they, they're already doing a little bit. So they either want to brag about themselves or they just naturally want to help out, whether it's answering surveys, asking questions, right? Going on their receipt to that little obscure URL to fill out the, the, the anonymous employee survey. And I like to think the people who looked at this question and went, nobody was just like, oh. I ain't even going to fill this survey out. I'm going to just keep pushing because I have to think there are way more Chicagoans, Hey Chicago readers, CityCast listeners who are in you and I's camp who is like, if if you ain't fam fam, if, if we ain't like best friends, like I, I will, I will call you an Uber. I'll, I'll tell you the best blue line stop to get off on. That'll make your Uber cheaper, your Lyft cheaper. But yeah, it ain't happening. I'm very much like in the middle camp. I I like because I have since I was 16, I've been that friend with a car. Like I have always been. I have always been the person who who had a car. Like I'm the only one of my friends currently living in the city that has a car. Like, (laughs) so, you know, I get it. I get that. I'm the person who's going to have to pick you up from the airport. Uh, But I got to I got to know some things. And I really got to like you. I really got to know you. I respect that. So literally anyone is wild. Uh, What about tips and tricks for airport pickup? How do how do we best manage if we do have to go grab some people? I mean, I'm about to get on a flight in the morning to to go to Atlanta. (laughs) And luckily, somebody's going to drop me off because they're, they're very nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is, um, the biggest tip we got from readers, the thing I saw the most often was, uh, to fly into Midway if you can. <laughs> um, That's where which, I'm leaving and coming back. Midway. To your, to your point, like I technically live closer to O'Hare, but it's still easier for me to get to Midway in many ways. Like just, from uptown. you know, traffic on I-55 and on Lakeshore Drive just mm. usually isn't as bad as trying to get to the Kennedy, the Kennedy being full of traffic. I don't know. It, it's just like, 
it's just like more of a straight shot. It's a little bit easier. And like, it's also easier by a train. Um, but as far as I've actually O'Hare never goes, heard anyone from that far north tell me Midway is the easier one. So that's, that's new information for me. We're, I'm probably going to get some messages about that. Um, and probably people are, are going to fight me about it. But uh, that's how I feel. You're east, but uh, right. I, this is how I feel. And uh, you can't, <laughs> you're not going to change my mind. Uh, <laughs> readers also, when it comes to O'Hare, they talked about using the cell phone lot. Basically leave uh, earlier than you think you have to. Chill out at the airport so you're not like rushing to get in line or anywhere. I will say though, mm-hmm. I have had a hell of a time trying to actually get into O'Hare's cell phone lot when it's very busy. I've chilled in the cell phone lot a couple of times. I have back in the day when I was picking people up. It, it's a smart tip. It's a smart tip. We've talked about how I lack a natural Chicagoans like aggressive driving tactics. And I feel like it really comes through when I'm trying to drive around O'Hare and I can't get into any <laughs> lane that I want to get into. Um, and I'm just going around eight times. Uh, another tip was to make sure you have the person's flight number so you can use flight tracker. Um, and remember, you only really need to be there about 15 minutes after the flight lands, right? The person's got to deplane. They got to get check their bags. They're going to use the bathroom. Uh, so don't feel like you have to get there right when the flight lands. I always tell people I'm landing 15 minutes earlier than I am because a person who thinks they need to come 15 minutes after the time I said land is coming 40 minutes after. And so like a good reservation, I'm going to tell you it's earlier than it is. That seems like that has more to do with the people who are coming to pick you up, Jacoby. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't think I know a lot of punctual people in my life outside of my moms. <laughs> Most people I know is always, if they tell you they on their way, they ain't left. If they say they five minutes away, they in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the last tip, uh, which is what I do, uh, this is my favorite tip, is have them take the blue line to a stop that's easier to pick them up from. It is a little bit easier for me. I mean, it's still almost just as far, but it's a little bit easier for me to get to the Jefferson Park Blue Line Station than it is to get all the way to O'Hare. Uh, and I don't have to get on the highway, which I prefer yeah. personally. Anytime I come into O'Hare, I never call a car directly from O'Hare. And I rarely ride the blue line all the way downtown, get off, get on the metro. And I usually come into Logan, Wicker Park, West Loop, near West Side. And then I'm in a then I'm in a car the rest of the way so I can finish that nap. I also fly early in the morning almost all the time. So I'm always sleepy, but I'm not going to I'm not going to call an Uber from O'Hare unless it is. I'm just be tired but hey as you are moving through the rest of your summer continue to think think about these tricks whether you're going on a flight whether you got friends or family coming in and i'm telling you sending your friend off on a 30 40 ride is no better way to tell him you love him like come on there's no better way our last topic for the day, um, we're going to talk a little uh, rap music here in Chicago. Chicago has a fantastic culture. Uh, and our friends over at Axio Chicago recently put out their Chicago's Best Hip Hop Artist poll in which all of their readers came in and voted. And the winner was Chance the Rapper Beaten Common. Now, this is no shade. To our friends over at Axios and their amazing audience, this is no shade to Chance the Rapper, who is about to celebrate 10 years since he put out his monumental uh, mixtape, Acid Rap. And I'm going to go on record and say Acid Rap deserves to be mentioned next to the Lil Wayne Drought series, Wiz Khalifa, Kush and OJ, some of the best mixtapes of all time, right? Nicki Minaj, right? Chance's Acid Rap is next to that. But I'm sorry, 10 years in with really only one 
real sort of main, like one album, uh, you know, from the, the uh, in the definition of, a, of an album release, I, I cannot say that Chance is the best Chicago hip-hop artist of all time. I'll probably be in the building to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Acid Rap, but Beaten Common just felt like a little bit of recency bias, if you ask me. Jacoby, this is so interesting because I am certainly no hip-hop expert, but even I was a little bit surprised uh, that mm-hmm. Chance went out. And I was so curious. I was so, When I saw it, I was like, oh, I got to get Jacoby's take on this because he's going to have opinions. <laughs> he's going to have thoughts. You know, he's going to have, have strong think, thoughts. <laughs> and I think his impact is very clear in terms of you know, the Chicago artists in the last few years to go as far to take the game as uh, high in terms of their personal ascension, in terms of their their pop culture relevance. You see Chance on the late shows. You you see Chance being able to do United Center shows. You see him, you know, on The Voice as, as one of the judges. And so it, it's without a doubt that Chance has an impact. But he also, like, I feel like more than some of these other artists, talks about Chicago and makes Chicago a central character in his music in a, in a sure. way that is translatable to folks outside of Chicago. For sure. Definitely able to capture the mainstream in a very unique kind of way. But when we're talking about Chicago goats, like we need to remind people that since 1992 uh, and their debut albums, Twist and Common, have been leading the vanguard of Chicago rap. And despite the problematic nature of folks like a Lupe Fiasco, there is no better Chicago lyricist ever, in my opinion, uh, than the one representing the first and 15th. And when we're talking sonically, when we're talking about creating an album, creating uh, like sort of generational jumps in the genre, like, I mean, uh, yay is still yay. Like, he, I know. he's. And even that, I, I will give Chance, like, what he has done for his contemporary artists and sort of bringing people into the fold, you know, making more room for those 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 YCA uh, voices, right? The young Chicago artists, authors, but but I'm still taking Pivot Gang. And I love Mick Jenkins and No Name. And let, let's be real, no Chicago artist has had a b- bigger impact on rap music in the last 20 years than none other then Chief Keef. Nobody has had a bigger impact than Keef. The influence thing I'll give you on Chief Keef, right? Like that is something that, and we have talked about it on the show about, about Drill and sort of how that came to be and what what that has meant for uh, hip hop, but also music in general, right? Uh, but that said, the question is best, not biggest influence. The question is best, best Chicago hip hop artist. If I'm putting together a Chicago mixtape and we at the party, I guarantee you gonna hear "Don't Like." Oh, I know. I know anything. I know, but the question is is best. The question is the the best, right? Which gets to not just influence; it gets to performance, it gets to lyricism, mm-hmm. it gets to uh, you know, it, it has to, and it has to sound good. It has to have all of those things. So. Who is your top with that in mind? Lupe Fiasco. Lupe Fiasco is the is one of the, the greatest rappers I've ever heard in my life. And again, no, this is no forgiving moments of anti-Semitism and misogyny. But them bar, I mean, you heard him on pressure with Jay-Z on his first album, and you was like, this man is going bar for bar with Hove right now. Uh, I mean, if I only had one, if I could only listen to 
one forever. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, we definitely got to go with graduation. Like, come on, what we thought? Late registration has got to be a, in row. Like, I'm. Yeah, it's tough with it's tough with Kanye because it's, it's tough. Uh, it's tough, it's tough. It's there's tough. there's you know diamonds are yeah, forever. There is a lot right. going on, and I think I think that's why he did so poorly in that poll. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it had more to do with his his yeah. you know his personal issues and and his and, political and some violent, dangerous, really misguided takes. Uh, you know the the ego is it 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 uh it exploded and it, and it took a lot of, lot down with it. Which is which makes it tough. Which makes it tough. Uh, yeah. But shout out to Axios hey. for running the shout for, for shout running out to everybody the poll. who responded. Yes, I mean it's good to get these kind of conversations going. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they had some names on there that people be forgetting. Debrat is the first ever woman with a platinum album. So to see them make sure that that credit was given uh, by including them, you can only have so many people on the list. But I'm glad they didn't uh, didn't sleep. But but come on, y'all, let's let's put some more respect on Twister and Common. Uh, Lou and, 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 and yeah, like, you know, you can hate them. You can hate them. And you ain't got to listen to the music. But let's just make sure we remember how we got here. Simone, uh, I always remember how we got here, how we got to produce in <laughs> 500 plus episodes of CityCast Chicago. Uh, and that's been with our fantastic team. Uh, and right now you are leading this team with uh, with some amazing fervor, my friend. I appreciate you for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Jacoby. Before I let you go, make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm for the latest in news and events. Today, Sydney Mann is talking about what's going on with Chicago public pools. She has a sit down with the Midwestern Overdose Prevention Specialist and, of course, great events all across the city. Again, subscribe at chicago.citycast.fm. There's some good news. I'm going Keep. on vacation. I see you next Tuesday. You can't say see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>